Right, uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night, wherever you are in the cyber universe. And my name is Brian G. McEnry, and I am about to record what I call Gyub Gab. I am a computational philosopher, I am a writer and a poet, and I speak and write in Irish, English and a little bit of Sanskrit. And I'll give my name in Irish now, just for those who might understand it. It's Misha Brianse Rishvartin in Grisha Firalisha Mach in Ira. And it's a little bit longer in Irish. And what I want to do is to introduce the concept of Gyub Gab. And I don't know whether we'll put this out under the program of Gyub Gab, but I going to introduce the concept of Gyub Gab. And I have just finished the book. I finished it on the 21st of November, which was my mother's birthday, or would have been my mother's birthday. And it is called Gyub Gab, Reflections from the Coffee House, or the Coffee Shop. And it's a series of reflections about life, about the universe, about everything. And the first of these, I'm going to read a little bit now, from my book is called Eilata, The Science of Art and the Art of Science. So here goes. In a perfect world, all knowledge is applied with skill to produce action in tune with the laws of nature. By ensuring that the activity does not break the laws of nature, we are assured that pollution is prevented. When I began to look for words for systematic knowledge, I came across the word Eilata. This refers to art, science and skill. So it is the word I have chosen for science and art. Modern technology is very powerful, but it is also extremely dangerous. We are now beginning to feel the effects of climate change produced by industrial technologies. But we do not know what other dangers there may be. In his seminal book, Future Shock, the author Alvin Toffler laid out with great precision the effects of our modern society. He made these predictions more than 50 years ago and they are now beginning to come true. I remember reading this book in the 80s and I was concerned at its implications. A few years later I read another book, Peter Russell's The Awakening Earth. This book delineated a very different future for the world especially if consciousness is allowed to grow and develop. It was in this book that I had first heard about transcendental meditation and its potential effects on society. Although I did not act on it at the time of first reading, I did later on and reread the book again. So where does the truth lie? Somewhere in the middle. No doubt the planet is sick, no doubt our societies are sick with large and small-scale wars being fought on a continual basis. Russell argues that rising consciousness is the resolution for the crisis predicted by Toffler. The consciousness of the individual person will rise to the extent that they no longer support destructive tendencies. We are seeing this with the awareness of the harmful effects of plastic. But there are other ways that consciousness will ameliorate ameliorate problems in other facets of life. 
Social science studies have indicated that by creating coherence in consciousness, violent crime and other negative tendencies in society are reduced. In addition, positive tendencies are increased. Resolving such tendencies in society reduces the stress in the individual and also in collective consciousness. Such a reduction of stress also leads to a reduction in the propensity for conflict, either internally within the country or externally between nations. When I first read this, I did not comprehend how meditation could produce such beneficial effects, so I read the research papers. I spent three years doing a thorough review of the peer-reviewed journals where the research had been reported on. With the volume of research available, I had to accept the thesis that consciousness is a field and a group of meditators could have a beneficial effect on that field to the extent that they could prevent conflict. For me, it was a eureka moment. The existence of the field of consciousness is outlined in great detail by Tony Nader in his recent book, One Unbounded Ocean of Consciousness. When I read it, it immediately put my heart at ease because I reckoned that here was someone who knows. He articulates in great detail the meaning of consciousness and the reason why it is so important to be able to deal with consciousness properly. I would encourage everyone to read this book and put their mind at ease during these challenging times. Consciousness will allow us to develop the awareness of every individual to the level that all scientific and technological problems will be eradicated. Then we will be in the position to practice the science of art and the art of science and truly create a beautiful world. Right, um, what does that mean? What it means for the current global situation, the main um, concern at present at the present time is the war in Ukraine. That is without doubt. And the Western nations have been a bit disingenuous in their dealing with their own people. And it's become a propaganda war. Fine, there's terrible physical destruction, there's terrible death. I accept all of that. But in order to lower the degree of warfare that is being promulgated by both sides at the present time, in order to allow for the development of peace talks, peace negotiations, and whatever else, we need the injection of consciousness into the equation. None of the main players have even an idea that consciousness exists. I'm sure that they have been informed by people in their own country or at the level of the European Union or at the level of America. They have been informed that consciousness, they've been informed continuously since this crisis broke out that there is a resolution. But the resolution is for each country to implement. And in Ireland, what we need to do is to set up a group of meditators in some 
organized place. And in Ireland, we need about 400 meditators and those practicing more advanced techniques known as the TM City program and including yogic flying. And I know people will find a great difficulty in understanding what I am talking about. And it's simply because this knowledge is new, even though I first came across this in the... When when was it? In the 90s, I came across this knowledge. And I have been promoting it and promoting it within the realm of politics. I stood for the doll twice and the main thing was consciousness, the knowledge of consciousness, the beneficial effects to society of the technologies of consciousness. And we articulated these on behalf of the Natural Law Party and I stood for election in 1994 and 1998. And there were very interesting times. We didn't get a lot of votes, and that was fine. But we, the world has reached a crisis state now. And in order to alleviate the knowledge, or alleviate the crisis, we must implement the knowledge of consciousness. It's not enough for our politicians to endanger our traditional neutrality. It is not enough for them to say, oh, well, Ireland was not going to be neutral in this, or Ireland is not going to be neutral in that. What we need is what I call active neutrality, and whereby we train a group of 400 meditators and put them into the army, a prevention wing of the military. And this prevention wing of the military, it's the equivalent of about one battalion in... I just have to check this. Yeah, It's the equivalent of about one battalion in military terms. About 400 men or ladies. And I myself am a former army officer. And that is why I am so passionate about this. That... You know, we had recently, we had a casualty in Lebanon. And all the crocodile tears from politicians, oh, this was terrible and that was terrible and all that. Now, it was terrible. But they have known about this technology for years. I directly informed the Taoiseach's office, the Minister for Defence office, the Minister for Foreign Affairs office, the Taunister's office, before this whole conflict in Ukraine kicked off. I wrote a lot of poetry which contained references to the technology of consciousness. But no one seems capable of listening. No one seems capable of caring. No one seems capable of actually doing the job that they are elected to do which is to protect our nation, to protect every person in the nation, and to protect everyone through the technology of consciousness. So I'm going to leave that there, and I'll come back again in a little while with something else. So, Shine Garbmahagat Agaslan.
Right. I want to talk now about the role of science in society. And this is another example of gub-gab. And I welcome all of you back to this gub-gab on the role of science in society. And before doing that, I want to read a poem which I wrote just yesterday. And it is called A Treasonous Silence. A Treasonous Silence. It is without doubt that people in our civil administration are perpetrating treason against our nation. They have become so enamored by foreign entities that they no longer support the sovereignty enshrined in the first article of our law. Now it seems that our nation is for sale to foreign powers that decry the state of the nation, most of all those whose responsibility for protecting the nation are silent. By their silence they have become willing accomplices to treasonous actions. So what is treason? I remember when I went looking for the name or the word for treason a number of years ago, I found treas, T-R-E-A-S, and that is very close to the word for greed, which is grace. And it is without doubt that Ireland has become a very greedy country, a very greed-needy country. We are ignoring the social issues facing our nation, and yet we are promoting greed within the need of the seed. And I first detected this in 1998, 1996, sorry, when I launched a campaign to ban genetically modified foods in Ireland. And this campaign was to come back to haunt me personally for the intervening 28 years. Is it 28 or 27? Whatever it was, 1996 to... 26 years, 2002, and it's still haunting me. Because I have a different approach to science and technology, all of which was engendered by the knowledge which I found while investigating genetically modified foods. I'm not an expert in biotechnology, but I am an expert in what is called Gaelic science, Vedic science, and modern science in general. And I have developed that expertise over the past 26 years because I remember we were up at Dub in Dublin under the auspices of the Natural Law Party and we had invited John Fagan, the global expert on genetically modified organisms, to Dublin to address a conference and we were on the radio various times and things like that. And he was um, addressing a conference, or we were addressing a conference in the um, college, I'm trying to think, College of Surgeons, college, whatever it's called in Dublin. And at the very end of his contribution, he said, there's something that needs to be said. So I got up and I made a statement about what it means for Irish people, what the potential genetically modified food means for Irish people. 
And I said a very simple phrase, is beer bio, food is life, and we don't mess around with life. And it appears that our universities have been taken over by foreign entities. If you go to university in Ireland, there is a notion that you cannot get on in the university in Ireland unless you've been to America. Maybe that has changed now unless you've been somewhere. You cannot have an indigenous pedigree in order to be considered for promotion. So I'm in the process of setting up my own university. I spoke with the lady about that last night. She said, oh, that's a very difficult thing to do. It is a very difficult thing to do because of these people in, the, in our civil administration who are loyal not to the nation. They are loyal to foreign ideals, to foreign companies, to foreign powers who are given free reign in this country. And I say it's time to stop. No more. You know, the government has now realised that foreign direct investment is not the be-all and end-all of commercial success in Ireland. We need indigenous companies, but indigenous companies must develop. There's no point in having indigenous companies developing the same technologies using the same so-called business concepts. We need new business concepts. Business concepts based in our ducas. We, I, have that knowledge. I have the knowledge of what's called Fikela. And I read or recite the poem which gives rise to Fikela, which is a project management system. It is a business management system and everything else. And it is a software management system. Fikela. Brudery of the Lord Fikela, Ordri, Kerri Tror, Octri Cussant, Dahad Rishi, Gawkhead Lee, Fanya Fjol Dokulta. And that is more properly called Dulgish Altera is Tir Alone. The great desire of the architect is to create a beautiful country. And I have used that to control software development. I have used it to plan projects. And it is very powerful, it is very simple. It is a coherent way to develop knowledge. It is a coherent way to bring knowledge, the dynamism of knowledge, to the fore. Right, so what are the effects of me standing up against the system in terms of genetically modified foods. Well, I believe that my name has been given a black mark by the likes of Science Foundation Ireland, by the likes of the universities, especially University College Cork. Because I applied for a job to University College Cork, and I won't go into the details of what happened, because it was horrendous what happened at that time. And University College Cork were bringing over a professor from Russia to run the 
what was now called the Applied Mathematics Department, and he had no English, not a, a word of Irish, but he had no English, so they had to bring a sidekick over to act as his administrator. What was going on? This was in the year 2000 or so, about 20 years ago. But they did advertise for his sidekick a job of open competition. I applied for it, and I didn't even get interviewed, despite sending in a very detailed CV and telling the university what I would do if I got nominated or elected to the post. I didn't, they didn't even call me for interview. And I believe that part of that reason was because I stood up for genetically modified foods. Another part is because I had written a paper on the teaching of arithmetic in our schools. And I was highly critical. That's my own area of expertise. I'm, I was highly critical then of the approach being taken by the Department of Education under the advice of the National Council for Curriculum and Assessment, which gets its advice from the academics in the universities. At one stage, I even looked at... I have a slight chesty cough, so if you'll have to excuse me if I do cough. But I had a... a I've lost the train of thought now. That's the problem when you get interrupted. <coughs> um, yeah, I had set up a programme to challenge the universities and their way of promoting the teaching of arithmetic. It was not very successful, and that's fine, but I continued for years developing that. But... I could get no funding for it. At one stage, I was attending a an event. I won't give the details of it. And I w went out and met this gentleman, and uh, two gentlemen, actually, and I said hello to them. And one of them said, Look, Big Michael, you have plenty of research funds. Brian wants to do something unique in terms of resolving the current problem in relation to... Um, teaching of arithmetic in our schools. Can't you give them some research funding? And the big Mick turned around to little Mick and he says, Oh, I get an email for that guy every so often and I immediately delete it. Very condescending, very dismissive. So I wrote to this gentleman the following day and I said, If I ever hear you speak about me in public again, then we'll fight it out in court. And I'm prepared to do that now with anyone. I am prepared to challenge the whole educational system in Ireland to a debate on knowledge because I say that they are bereft of knowledge. This debate should be held in public in on this podcast, for instance, would be a great um, chance for me to articulate what I see as being the true direction for education in this country. Education through consciousness. I still have to find a word in Irish that I'm happy 
for consciousness. There are a number. Kofiyas is one, but it's a constructed word. It's not a, uh, a natural word. Dukas is another, and Dukas is the deep inner intelligence contained within anything. And that is good enough, I think, for consciousness for the moment. So I'm going to leave that there at the moment, and I'll come back later again with another little snippet which we can broadcast. Shine, good mahogat, agustan.